sumo wrestling when it's like when you step into that ring it's like soul combat it's the only way i can describe it it's you go in there you you're getting in the zone you as soon as the clap happens it's like it echoes throughout your whole being and whatever was a problem in the outside world just melts away the only thing that's there is that center your center you're in the center of the center and the person that is in there with you is going to move that is all that matters is that they will be moved out of the center and and to me that is that's it's it's you can't really understand it unless you do it and that's the only way i guess i can explain soul combat this is eros armstrong women's national champion and you're listening to no holds barred with eddie goldman Hello everyone around the world, once again this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred and Happy New Year! We are continuing with our discussions about the recent revival of sumo in the U.S. On this show, our guest was Eros Armstrong, a rising star in the sport and a member of the 2020 U.S. National Sumo Team competing in the Women's Heavyweight Division. We spoke with her by Skype Wednesday. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her, or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skull's double-end bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skull's Fight Shop, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skull's that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, Please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content on the combat sports and martial arts for only $10 a month. That's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. 
Hello, everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. As I've been talking about, there's been a revival in recent years of interest in sumo in the United States. A lot more people participating in it, and we're going to be covering that and continuing to cover that on No Holds Barred. And we have on the line with us one of the rising stars of sumo in America. We're going to find out all about what she's been doing, Eros Armstrong. And welcome to No Holds Barred. Hey, howdy, y'all. Eros Armstrong here. Happy to be here. Glad you could be with us. And I know a lot of people are busy traveling and with holiday stuff, so I'm glad you could take time to be with us. And you've been winning a lot of tournaments in the last couple of years. And give us an idea, because a lot of people were not even aware that women are involved in sumo. They're still banned in professional sumo in Japan, which is crazy, but that's the way it is with the Japan Sumo Association. But a lot Mm -hmm. of people are not that aware that women are competing outside of Japan in sumo. So tell us how you ended up in the sport. Uh, Well, so a little bit about me is uh, I decided to make Austin, Texas like my retirement home after finishing my tour of service in the military and I what else is a veteran to do but try and reintegrate into society and I was finding uh, because as myself I have a thing of PTSD I ended up going to the gym a lot and it's funny that when you are kind of trying to lift as much as you can to like keep those mental demons at bay and like manage PTSD you will meet some of the most fascinating people I was fortunate enough to meet uh, this guy, Joel Hendershot. He's not only a pastor, but he's like the strong man coach. And it's just a really overall incredible person. And he told me he was going to try sumo wrestling. And then he was feeling, I guess, exhausted from his day because he's also in a bunch of tech stuff. But so this guy comes over. He's like a mentor to me. He says he's going. He might not go. I decide to bring up this anime about sumo wrestling that I had just found. And we watched it together, and he felt fired up from that, and I was fired up too. And so he left, went and did it, came back, told me, next practice, you're coming with. And I said, okay, this is a great way to challenge the agoraphobia. Let's do it. And we make plans. And the first time that he's coming to pick me up, I almost don't go. I almost didn't go. But I went, and I politely, like, go out there. And I'm thinking with my background, like I know a little something about combative sports, you know, I've, I've been in the military, I've trained on hand to hand, so I should be good. Nope, I couldn't touch this, uh, I couldn't touch my sensei. I, at the time he wasn't yet my sensei, it was uh, Mr. Justin Kizart. I could not catch this guy, no matter how I tried to grab him or grab him and hold him and just get him he was always like right behind me or to the side of me and he was just so fast and that frustration grew into a passion that I was like I'm going to beat you I'm going to get you and so I started doing more of this work and it was really helpful that when I would talk to these you know my sumo family at the time they didn't know they were just so accepting so welcoming the energy was perfect Uh, it was a great place and I kept I stuck with it and then unfortunately there was some I had some deaths in the family, so that caused a little, I had to go back and 
deal with that. And then came back to Sumo and they were welcoming with open arms and I just kept training, kept listening to what he had to say because I, I noticed, uh, I don't know if this is every sensei that you have, but he would adjust things like little tiny adjustments based upon how you moved. So your lessons kind of felt personalized. I don't know if that's the thing that everyone else does, but to me it feels personalized when he's like correcting you to make you like the best you you can be. So I was just, you know, I fell into it because I was extremely lucky. Wow, that's a that's an incredible story. Now, did you have what <laughs> you mentioned your military background learning hand to hand, but did you have any combat sports or martial arts training before? Did you ever wrestle in school or anything like that? Uh, yes. So, I did wrestling in school. I was in high school, did it in college, and I'd also been before that, uh, my father was very, I'm very much an 80s baby, so at mom's encouragement would be only Barney and like Animal Planet. Dad's encouragement would be like, for movies and social media, would be like Kumite or like uh, Bloodsport or or we would watch this movie, I think it was uh, Russell Crowe in Soldier. Yeah, that was one of those movies that you're not supposed to watch as a kid, but it it leaves an impact. And those were kind of like, with those 80s action movies, it kind of reinstilled a lot of patriotism and a lot of violent combative sports. So we'd be practicing our strikes in the backyard and doing all these things. And since he was army, he would teach us little army maneuvers and combatives. So we were set when I was off going to college for my whole self-defense courses. So that gave you a background to get into sumo, but even with all that background, you said sumo has unique techniques that will help you have that combat sports mindset, but don't Mm -hmm. directly translate into what's needed to win in sumo. So I have also done boxing and I've also like with my background it would be more everyone thought that I would end up in some place like MMA or some other some other uh, combative sports maybe Krav Maga or what have you um, sumo wrestling I've been in I've been in the fight I've been where you know you taste the blood in your teeth you you're literally trying to through pain compliance get this other person to just like lay down or do it happens that's some of my law enforcement experience as well but <laughs> sumo wrestling when it's like when you step into that ring it's like soul combat it's the only way I can describe it it's you go in there you, you're getting in the zone you, as soon as the clap happens it's like it echoes throughout your whole being and whatever was a problem in the outside world just melts away the only thing that's there is that center, your center, you're in the center of the center, and the person that is in there with you is going to move. That is all that matters, is that they will be moved out of the center. And and to me, that is, that's, it's, it's, you can't really understand it unless you do it. And that's the only way I guess I can explain soul combat. Which is an interesting, also a very interesting discussion in itself um Mm -hmm. but you had some of that mindset which not everybody has not everybody has done combat sports or martial arts or thinks in that same way 
but what about the, the techniques? Because you had all this background, and you still said when you were training with Justin that you just couldn't do anything with him. Nope. It and, was and, a, and he's not the biggest guy in the world either. No, but he is so fast, and he is so, like, that technique is just in him. And I've seen it. I've seen when he has his bad days, but I've seen when he's just on it. And that is amazing. I respect that. But as a athlete with other, you know, things splashed in and with military training, I have certain keys that are struck to be like, turn it on and get in there, get aggressive, get, you know, everything. With sumo wrestling, it's different. The techniques, I'm I'm humbling myself and unlearning a lot of things that would be considered bad in sumo. Like, no, I can't, you know, it's only pushing straight. I'm not hooking from the sides. I'm focused more on making sure that the soles of my feet are the only thing that is connected to the floor and nothing else. So I can't really do the normal shoot-ins like I would like. There's just different things. Um, the ring awareness, that being in the center, that, that all comes together and it kind of changes. So it is a new form of combat that I'm just listening to whatever my sensei says and just doing it and bringing the best of myself out that I can. Now, how long since you actually started competing in these different tournaments? About a year. I believe that's right. Started off uh, first time going to Nationals around 2019. Okay, when in 2019 was that? Oh, Lord, hold on. Let's see. Because that might be a little over a year. Yeah. I mean, the whole 2020 with the pandemic and everything, it's it, a lot of people have just sort of lost perspective in terms of time when things happen. 2019 things seem both far away and also in some ways more recent because that's when there were was a more routine schedule of events than we had in 2020. Hold on, that's bringing up the women's weird. Uh, so that, the, you, the first one was the women's nationals in 2019, the first actual tournament you competed in? Here we go. Uh, the one in Philadelphia. No, it was... Uh, so I am on the 2020 U.S. national team. Okay. So I earned my place. And then COVID said that Jose and myself and Robert and Helen and, and all of us, Mariah and Sam, that, and oh my God, for Van Vanessa, Ed, all of us, Ava, Justin, like we all made it and we all get to see if we're going to fight back again to either reclaim our position as the U.S. national team again, or if they're going to just grandfather us in. We'll see. And in June of 2021, the, the next national championships is scheduled also. Mm-hmm. But with this new strain, I'm a little worried. There's nothing to do but to train, but it does make you a little, uh, a little cautious. Nobody knows for sure what's going to happen 
with this. The scientists for now are saying that the vaccine should still be effective against the, the new uh, mutated strains. But there are a bunch of mutations coming mm-hmm. and not everybody's even wearing a mask today. So, Yeah, uh, my place has been hit extremely hard. But all I can say is the only thing I can do is just focus on training because I, I want it bad. Uh, Mr. Eddie, I definitely do. I want it bad. So the only thing to do is keep training. Now, since we're talking about the pandemic, how has the pandemic affected your training? Because a lot of places, uh, gyms have been closed. And for obvious reasons, gyms are places where a lot of things can easily be spread. So uh, mm-hmm. with the coronavirus, a lot of places were shut down. And when places opened up, all sorts of... Uh, New infections arose and they had her shut down again. So how have you adjusted to that with your training and, and also with the tournaments? Because there's still been a number of tournaments that have uh, that have taken place in 2020. Yes. So what I have done during the pandemic is, and this is, again, the only thing I can say is I'm speaking with the soldier mindset, is that I have this goal is that I want to make the world team. I want to stand on the podium and represent, you know, Texas, to represent the USA. So I am doing anything and everything I can to make sure that happens, which means I have to train harder, I have to train smarter. And when this pandemic happened, it started closing everything in, I went to my friends in the strength conditioning uh, community. I went to the strongmen, I went to the powerlifting women, and I found them and I was like, hey, can I borrow these weights from you? Because I, you know, let's be real, I don't think you're gonna use them. They said yes. I also had my sensei, he would he'd occasionally come over and he would just burn me out through conditioning. Uh, then I had, there was a few, very small gyms that were only open at certain times and these times I would go when there'd be no one present so I would spray everything down uh, because as an agoraphobic uh, veteran with you know PTSD I do this whole thing of I am doing this because I want greater for myself so I am doing this to make a name for myself in the sport I am doing this in spite of everything and I will not be slowed down by this pandemic so small gyms, early hours, minimal people. Uh, When I go to a tournament, if I can go to a tournament, I call my family. We all have prayer. They uh, wish me luck because they know why I'm doing it, is I want more experience under my belt. I want more matches. The more matches I can get, the better off I'll feel. And I, I realize that I'm going to face the same problems even our same obstacles of when it comes to worlds, I will be wrestling people from other nations and they'll be wrestling me. So I do my best to stay as isolated as I can. And immediately after any tournament, I isolate and quarantine for over two weeks, which is why you haven't seen me on my last, uh, the last dark circle sumo practices is because I've been in quarantine Right, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are facing these same type of problems. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, we we have. Uh, I think it's Ed. I really have to thank him because he organized this thing where we could have a talk with a mental health, uh, a sports guy who was really good at getting in everybody's heads. It's and kind Ed, of... Ed Suchevsky, the president. Yes, of US he was. He's amazing. He's wonderful. Um, he organized this this doctor person that we all talk to on occasion, and he just really has a great insight into sports psychology. He knows what we need to hear as athletes. He knows uh, the struggles, or has anticipated the struggles that we're going through with the with the crisis. Um, because of my military background, I feel I have an advantage versus my peers because I've been in situations that are far worse. So this is this is okay. We're going to manage and we're going to overcome. Now, as we get ready for 2021, well, again, we, you know, we don't know the trajectory of what's going to happen with the pandemic. There are a bunch of vaccines out there and, Mm -hmm. you know, the distribution already has been screwed up, but it looks like more and more people are going to get vaccinated. The scientists are telling us that these things are very effective for a vaccine. Even the older vaccines, like the flu vaccine, are not nowhere near a hundred percent effective. And mm-hmm. we don't know how many people actually are going to uh, to take the vaccine, and we mm-hmm. don't know how many people still who got who got COVID nineteen still have any type of uh, immunity to it that hasn't been studied that isn't no it's too early really to know and it's going to differ by person you know how how many how effective the antibodies you have are in preventing a reinfection there are all these different questions but the trajectory hopefully looks like this pandemic is going to start to be beat back in the next couple of months while the number of cases as we talk still surges in the United States and many other countries so you can't the point is that you can look to the middle of 2021 possibly with things could start to not completely go back to the way they were but start to uh, get closer to the way they were and that's when you have the nationals scheduled in, yes. uh, in June of 2021, what's going to happen? What do you have scheduled in the, in the first half of 21? Because I know you've been involved with Dark Circle Sumo of, of setting up a a women's national tournament, which is really yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> so there is oh my goodness. So I am deeply I'm deeply, deeply blessed. I am grateful to the sumo community, but I, I noticed something because I kind of feel like when you have new eyes on a thing, you notice that, hey, we have these women, we've got these handful of women, and I know there are other women out there that have great skill and, and great, you know, tournaments. Why aren't they coming out? And I started asking around and I started, you know, telling my sensei what I had found. I was like, you know, Justin, this is what I found. And these women are saying they're not coming to events because they're either intimidated by the guys or they don't feel they belong. So I, I, I think it would be cool if we hosted an event that was just women, just women that could practice with them and just, just kind of 
make each other sharper, uh, sharper because, you know, steel sharpens steel. I think it would really give us an edge as Americans and kind of help us get on that same, you know, playing field as the other nations that they have their own things where they get to compete with each other, which is extremely, you know, that's a blessing for them. But I'm sitting there just like, ah, I want something similar. And he said, yeah, let me get on the phone. And he started, you know, with, I'm very grateful that he used his experience to help me get this going. And then I'm so grateful to Mariah Holmes, because she put in an international call out asking for, you know, some of those women, if they're willing to come. And she was even talking about it, attaching a training camp, two day training camp before the event, so that those who want to learn and are new in the sport can also come and really get a good foundation and a strong uh, experience of battling against different body types. When is that event going to happen and where is it going to be and what's the structure of that tournament? Okay, so the women's tournament is still, we're still getting applicants in, but it's supposed to be a full-on tournament. It is March 6th. The tournament, the sorry, training camp is two days before March 6th, and it will be at a nice little studio that's completely isolated. We have professionals coming in to clean it and everything, and that's in Austin, Texas. And that is uh, a couple of days before International Women's Day, too. I know, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's coincidence or that's uh, purposeful that you chose that date. Oh, it could be. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that, that that's good. That's good to mark that. I I like that. Mm-hmm. I I figure if my projection is right, I would love to see a lot of women come out. But I understand that there's a lot, as you brought up, with the concern of the pandemic coming back, the new strains appearing, uh, the limited vaccines that are being offered, and just kind of a lot of unknown factors. I am fully prepared for if this doesn't do as well as I would like. I want, I want it to do so well. But I'm also realizing that if we get the first one out of the way, I'll host another one so I can have more people and hopefully by then it'll all be cleared up. But I think the first time to dip your toes into the water, to be the first one out there to say, hey, this needs to happen and let's do it around the month of women's, you know, celebrating women. Let's do this. And I am super happy that, I don't know, as much you know, flack as I receive in my inbox from strangers, I am more, what's more treasuring, what's more dear to me is that I get so much support from my fellow sumo brothers that are like, yes, more women, definitely. Like, you should do this. And I'm like, that's so much support for something that they're not participating in. So that's amazing to me. Now, women that are getting involved in sumo for the first time and this is outside of Japan where again it's been established for at least several hundred years um, but the women in countries like the US that get involved in it what are their what kind of backgrounds do they have I mean do they, what, are they coming from other combat sports from from wrestling or judo or jiu-jitsu or you know martial arts or what well see that's the thing I am noticing, like, women are built for sumo. I'm, I mean it. They're just built for sumo, especially with that lower body strength. I see there's a lot. There's been some really good ones that were shot put in discus in track and field. 
I and I've seen I've wrestled against them and that's incredible. I've wrestled against women who have been in rugby, so they're fast off the line and they're just really the way they hit is powerful. I've seen some that have come from MMA and judo especially because I've almost been thrown. That was it was fun. It was a good match. I've there's a lot. They're coming from different backgrounds and I think they have the same hunger as I do that they want to kind of be that one to prove that generational thing of being that first on the podium representing America, you know, bringing honor to this and just just bringing home the gold. Here's a huge gold mine. One of yeah. the one of the real particulars of sumo among many things that I find it uh, a worthwhile sport is that even though it is a, a combat sport and it gets rough and violent in there to different degrees everywhere that I see it practiced it promotes respect and honor and mm-hmm. not just the people bowing to each other which is just one way from you know in Japan one way of showing that you don't see bowing in a lot of other Asian countries at least not anymore but however you show respect that's that's fine you know whatever the the custom is but there's that respect whereas particularly in today's MMA and to a large degree in boxing and other sports there's a trash talk and it has the culture of the WWE and you know all the the nonsense and in the WWE which I don't like either but when you watch WWE you know it's an act and somebody's you know it's the somebody's playing the villain and it's like if you watch a TV show or a movie that's like a cops and robbers show somebody's playing the villain and the killer and all that and you know they're actors and you know you might like it or not like it but you know what you're watching whereas in MMA they try to pass it off as it's real and and to a degree in boxing also where the announcers say they they really don't like each other you know as if that matters ah. in anything and sumo has a tremendous amount of respect and that's one of its selling points so i think a lot of people disgusted with that other stuff mm, mm. um so from my personal experience i can say what i've seen in dark circle sumo is that this stable protects itself and they try to turn out quality athletes, quality people to compete in the sport. I've seen people that have come in and they've been extremely strong, but their mindset was geared more towards uh, not just hurting people, but more that WWE, like they wanted to hurt people in, in a way that was unnecessary. And those types of people are quickly weeded out and sorted out. I've also seen in tur- in tournaments where I was just there supporting a teammate that people with bad attitudes, people who are not respectful to the sport, are quickly just, they're separated. The wheat is separated from the chaff. It's just, it happens. So I like that the group is protective, which is why I feel so comfortable bringing a tournament of women and being like, more women need to join this because I have found something good and I wish to share it with them. Now, aside from the tournaments that we've discussed, I know when I had Justin Kizzard on the show, he was talking about how 2021 is expected to be a tremendous year for sumo in the United States because yes. not only not only these tournaments and 
the U.S. Sumo Open in California hopefully will be held a little earlier than the year when it normally is. It was held in October in 2020, and hopefully there could be fans back again, everything pending what happens with the pandemic. And uh, world championships held again, all these things. But the preparation for 2022 with the World Games in July of that year in Birmingham, Alabama, the world will be coming at a huge multi-sport event, mm-hmm. not as big as the Olympics, but with some Olympic and many non-Olympic sports. And sumo will be on the program there. And that is going to be an absolutely tremendous opportunity for sumo in America. And it's only, you know, you you look at the calendar, you say July 2022. Well, that's about a year and a half away. That's not that long from now. No, it is not. That's just, but it's just enough time to get ready for everything, so you can put on your best show. Put your best showing. Put your best foot forward, as they say. Right, and what it could mean is that 2021, with that eye to the World Games, could be a real year of growth for sumo in America. And the World Games was supposed to be in 2021, but that got pushed back because. The Olympics got pushed back from 2020 to 2021 mm-hmm. with the pandemic again affecting everything in there. But it, it it gives an extra year for sumo to really grow and get the word out, hey, you could be competing on a world stage or at least watching it if you don't compete. In Birmingham, in Alabama, which you know mm-hmm. I've been to a bunch of times, uh, and, you know, pretty soon. And that's that's coming up, and there aren't that many opportunities for like the w- world stage for an event for sumo within the United States, because you know the tournaments that have been held, the U.S. Sumo Open will get a couple thousand people, um, and a lot of these other tournaments have had, this year have had 2020 and not allowed fans, or had very limited amount of fans because of the pandemic, but by July 2022, that could really be that could really be jumping and that gives mm-hmm. a real goal for sumo especially if later in 2021 there's a, a North American championships or the qualifiers for the world games take place that that could be a real boost to the sport I am just hoping that before 2024 we can see sumo as being on the Olympic stage that's something I would yeah. love to see. It's not going to happen by 20... They pretty much finalized the program for Paris. Um, probably too late for that. Yeah, I could still hope, but you're right. I will... Like, I just enjoy the sport, and I love it when I get to meet people like yourself who have all this knowledge, so I can be like, oh, okay, that adjusts my expectations. Maybe not 2024, maybe 2025 maybe 2028 in Los Angeles again the future of all these what's happening with the Olympics and you know the way the the holding of the Olympics has screwed a lot of cities that it's been in and there are a lot of politics and a lot of other factors involved but 2028 is scheduled for Los Angeles oh nice the same place where same region where you have the US sumo open Yes. 
I do know the people in LA have some very nice wrestlers there. I need to go visit there. I have a lot of places that I want to visit now because of sumo. You know how exciting that is for me as an agoraphobe to be like, I want to go to Japan to see if there's someone that will let me train with them. I want to go to all these places where I think there's going to have like some of the best wrestlers because I want to face them. Well, you're, you're re- you are getting international recognition. I see people talking about you in a positive way from What's social that? media. Well, they're just wonderful. I, I like that. I like the positive people. I hope I can continue, you know, performing and showing, making a good showing to where they have more good things to say. But I've just, I don't know why they're talking to me about me yet. I have been looking at all these tournaments, all the women competing. I've been watching the men compete as well. Uh, these schools, they're just, it's, they're so lucky that they get to have a culture that supports their sumo wrestling. Whereas in America, we're, we're starting to get some of that support, but we're just like, so you can understand that the sumo athletes that you'll meet are really dedicated, are really invested. So that's, I guess, it's, you know, best of both worlds would be nice. Well, it needs more media coverage. It's hard. It's just hard to get media coverage about it so long as it's uh, a relatively small amateur sport, even as it's growing. Mm-hmm. So people like me can cover it. And there's been the development of a sumo-specific media. I mean, we had talked earlier about Sumo Kaboom, that wonderful uh, I, podcast. Yes, I love them. I absolutely love their energy. Uh, they ask anything off the wall, just different things about matches. You learn a lot. Then kind of who's like the hottest sumo wrestler. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, ladies, I'm telling on myself. Hold up. Like, yeah, there's some. There are some nice, you know, looking men that are sumo wrestlers. But yeah, <clears throat> where was I? Yes, Sumo Kaboom <laughs> is wonderful. And I like yours as well. I like the way you interview, and I like how you're helping the sport. Thank you. Like I said, I've been, I've discussed this a lot, so I'm not going to go over the whole history again. But I've been following it for a long time, looking at the up, the ups and downs of it, and have seen it, you know, uh, looked like it was really going to take off with the World Sumo League, and then it didn't, and then fall back, and now in recent years, this revival of interest, and speaking with people like yourself, most of the people that are now center stage at these tournaments with U.S. Sumo Federation and all these different clubs that are, that exist around the U.S., the vast majority of them weren't even around in the sport during the period of the World Sumo Challenge and the World Sumo League. They, they might have been aware of it or might have seen it on TV or something, but weren't involved in the sport. And that is re- that's really something with that whole arc of people who were involved in one way or another. That ended and it still came back. And is much more, as I've also discussed with you, much more easy access to watch the Bachos from Japan. Because you could watch it on over-the-air TV in a lot of places. You could watch it on cable TV in the U.S. Not at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, on ESPN2 or something. You could Mm -hmm. watch it on the NHK World website. People 
post the whole matches on YouTube. There are just numerous ways you could do it. And then there have been a number of shows and websites. They're still at an amateur level, but have developed around around the sport. And that's something that's needed. So you're starting to see this this critical mass. And the one of the things that's holding it together, as I've said, what you didn't have in something like catch wrestling, you didn't get that critical mass because the differences in sumo, the clubs are basically working together through the mm. U.S. Sumo Federation. And there, there, yeah, all these different regional events, but there's a national championship and a world championship and for both men and women. And that holds it all together. And you could still have local initiative that does things such as the women's tournament you're involved with in March, such as tournaments in the in uh, in Austin, in the Cincinnati area, um, all of course all the stuff in the LA area, all these things. But it's it's all that that glue holds it together, and th- there's a long long way to go, but th- that's why it really looks promising to me. That is. I mean, you're you're hitting all the good points, and these are things I just get to absorb, um, sitting on the sides, just coming into the sport, and uh, trying to just... It's like drinking from a fire hose. Um, there's the more I learn, the more... Like, sometimes it, it is a bit daunting and disheartening, but then there are people like yourself that organize it like, hey, this is how it's going. It will happen uh, eventually, and this is how far it's come. Versus, you know, when someone like myself comes in, we're like, hey, uh, can we do it now? <laughs> okay, how about four years from now? But it's making progress. So that's, it's reassuring to hear you talk about well, it. Well, I'm saying it can happen. I'm not saying it yeah. definitely will happen because I've seen it advance. As I mentioned, I've seen it advance further than it is now. I mean, in the 1990s, Manny Yarbrough was pretty well known nationally. Yes. He, you know, he would be show, he would be guest star on, you know, he'd be one of the guests on things like the Tonight Show and John Stewart Show, and be featured in Sports Illustrated, which is a big, huge magazine at the time. People may not know because it's a shell of itself now. Um, and then the World Sumo Challenge, getting on ESPN. And all of that, and so it has to rebuild, but it has to do it in a way to learn from, okay, why didn't it continue to grow? What held it back from growing? And what do we need in today's environment where you have streaming and social media and all of that? How do we make it grow and stick and develop so, frankly, you have an international professional sport that is viable, which is very difficult to do today. But the the elements are all there. You need, uh, you know, a chemist to put them all together. Mm-hmm. So, what your question is? What does the sport need? Is someone to put it all together? Well, you kind of answered that. I I would say that the sport has passionate like they're very lucky because right now in the states what i'm seeing and this could be wrong but this is what i've observed is that the reason why the sport is growing is from the work from the predecessors but also the people that are still in care enough about 
sumo that they want it to succeed like they're not they don't seem to be um like some other sports have corruption and like people just trying to be money grabbing and like take it for profit and they ruin the spirit of the sport um with sumo i'm seeing actually people they're like putting their own money into this they're they're dedicating their time they're working you know they're working thankless jobs just to get sumo out there and they're cultivating the right people to like replace them they're training leaders they're doing all these things to kind of try and leave something better than they found it so that if it doesn't happen in their time the next generation is going to be able to like stronger and more resilient to carry on that torch which is why i'm hoping that it will happen by that time and now i'll adjust my assessment to say 2028 maybe we'll see but my thing uh, is olympic politics i i would veer off too much if i got into the politics of the international olympic committee ah. uh, I, I i wouldn't given what given what i know about the international sumo federation i wouldn't place a big bet on it being on the olympic program perhaps as a demonstration sport in uh. la but is it even a demonstration sport for tokyo that's not an official designation by the way there's demonstration sport but you know what i mean so where they put in mm. these events before or during the time of the olympics that are not officially part of the the program but you know but people the people there can watch it but i don't even know if they're yeah. doing it for tokyo lord help that would be i think that'd be a wasted opportunity but i'm not you know what you said it was politics and i am definitely i'm too much of a straight shooter for politics i just i don't know i'm very honest Right. It, uh, that, so I I would not bet on, the, the, I certainly would not bet on it being part of the official Olympic program for 2028, assuming things go off as planned. Um, so, but I don't know if it can be if it can be added. I don't know that that's the best avenue to grow it. I would really like to see the World Sumo League something like that but done right because i know Ooh. there were a couple of attempts to revive <laughs> it after that fell apart and they didn't go anywhere they slightly changed the name a couple of times as recently as 2018 they said it mm -hmm. was going to be in vegas and it sounded like it was gonna you know be sumo with a knockoff of the culture of UFC is going to be the ultimate sumo league, and they're going to do a reality show. And I'm just say, oh. saying, no, no, no. This is you don't want to you don't want to degrade it. That would only degrade it. Um, so I don't I don't know where that's going to come from, or if it's it's going to come from anywhere, and uh, and how long it's going to take. And again, some of the pioneers, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Manny passed away about five years ago. Mr. Yonazuka passed away in 2014. Other people have lost their connection to the sport, even though they still love it, but don't follow it as much. Um, and some can be brought back into the sport in one way or another. Um, there was the, the, the Sumo East and West movie 
that uh, Fern Perlstein and yeah. Bob Edwards did. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but it's... I remember you brought it up, so I added it to my to hunt down list, and my assistant went to go get it for me. So I can't wait to actually see it. I was going to bring that up for you and tell you, like, thank you for recommending movies. I love it when people <laughs> recommend movies and people recommend books for me. Well, th- are- that's only available. I think you could find a DVD of it now, but um, it's not streaming anywhere because I spoke with Fern Perlstein about it. And uh, with all the streaming stuff that we have today and all these sites, some are subscriptions, some have advertising, some have both. Mm-hmm. It's not on any of them as as we speak. And hopefully it will come back. But again, that gets involved in, you know, money and what those sites want to want to show and those kind of issues but I saw it when it came out at the uh, Tribeca Film Festival and I did a review of it which I recently reposted on my site and I really I love the movie and frankly I'm not a movie reviewer Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of a lot of well, well fictional sports movies and fictional combat sports movies I generally do not like because they're just so absurd and I just feel again they you know a lot of them are just nonsense documentaries are different and I felt this documentary was very good really effective and and a must see Um, and it was on TV in a number of places it was on PBS for a while on their independent lens, and I, they may have even streamed it, but as we talk, unless something has just changed, um, it's not being shown anywhere. So, uh, so that's what I love about my assistants is they can find anything. Um, hopefully, they ordered it. That's what I should clarify with them. Yeah. But real quick, search says PBS is uh, PBS.org, and that's. Easy but enough. it's not That's showing up. on that anymore, is it? Uh-huh. Unless they just put it up. It had a page mm-hmm. on Independent Lens, but it wasn't available to watch. See. But that uh, that is. could change. Yes. Especially, I think, any streaming service or any service period at this time, it should be during a pandemic. They should be whipping out all the stops. People want to absorb other cultures they want to absorb things from overseas they want to see what that's like um unlike you i do i'm an 80s baby so i enjoy several like i will enjoy my documentaries yes but i'm also like ah goodness uh chuck norris john claude van damme arnold schwarzenegger like these Michael J. White like these were a lot of the martial art movies and films I kind of grew up on (laughs) oh goodness but some of those people really know how to fight I mean Chuck Norris had the the, I think was it called the World Combat League for a while that was kickboxing which and he was also security forces yeah but his Mm -hmm. World Combat League only lasted a short time and Michael J. White, besides doing the movie stuff, was, uh, you know, also trained in martial arts and knew how to Mm -hmm. do that. He was trained by legitimate people, not just, you know, movie stunt work and acting. 
Yes. You know, I, I don't know. I'd rather, to, to me, there's so much drama in the real combat sports. I don't need a, an ersatz version of it in the movies. Oh, that's, and that's, a, that's another thing I've been, uh, I'm extremely grateful to my sensei for Justin Kizart. Uh, he keeps all of us athletes, he, he says he keeps us all away from the drama any drama that happens to be with sports, the only thing we are to focus on is enhancing our skill set, enhancing, like, watching matches, studying. But he keeps us pretty much sheltered or, like, kind of isolated away from the politics. Which, which is, in, in a way, good. But also, for sumo to grow, you have to have some people who understand how to navigate a lot of this stuff. Because as oh, it starts to grow... You're going to have people in it, and I saw this with MMA. I've seen this with with many different styles of wrestling. You're going to have people that want to turn it into a spectacle, as so mm. much has been degraded in the culture and sports in general. And in back in the, even in the 90s, in the early days of MMA in the U.S., this was a whole issue. Should it be a sport or a spectacle? And I wrote articles about it at the time, and I occasionally reproduce these old articles from a time when people didn't even know it existed. This was an issue back then. And it's mm. and unfortunately in MMA the spectacle aspect won out. And the, the sole view of success was based on money and, and popularity. Well, so what? WWE has a lot of people watching it all the time on cable TV. What Does that change the fact it's nature that it's just a pure spectacle, and an MMA today, largely, whilst having real fights, unlike WWE, it's not scripted, but it has a lot of the same culture and disrespect and calling out and trash talking and all this other stuff. And to me, that's not what the the martial arts and combat sports should be about. It should be about all those things we talk about building up respect and honor and discipline and all those all those good values and it doesn't a lot of these other things don't do this i'm just saying that i'm looking down the line on what may happen might happen with this um and you need people that can navigate this because sumo is really perfectly positioned to be the combat sport that promotes a tremendous amount of respect and the positive values. So I have got to say, I, I definitely appreciate the culture that is in sumo wrestling. Uh, but when it comes to, to, to tap on to something that you had said earlier, have you any friends? Like I got to ask this question and it completely could be off basis, but do you have any friends that do like, Wrestling, professional wrestling, the uh, showmanship type. I have had in the past. Yeah, I used to have more. Yeah. Some of them have passed away. Yeah. Oh, Lord, my condolences. Well, so my thing is, when you when you bring up this, your really good point because there is, I love the environment that sumo wrestling has. As a person who is like claiming Austin as her home as a Southern uh, lady. I've got to say, I wrestling is kind of a staple, 
And it's very interesting because I appreciate the artistry of the baby face versus the heel. Because the heel is doing their job if you hate them. You dislike them because they're cheating, they're yelling, they're crouse, they're rude. And the baby face is there representing what the good aspects of humanity, their justice, their, they're all being wonderful, everything you would want in a hero. And they're getting beat on, and maybe there there has to be a revenge arc, and it's like theater. But they're still athletes. I still respect them. Um, I just know that I could not do what they do, and Sumo is definitely my favorite. One of my, one of the the two women's. Like I love taking strength from the women in sports that have gone before me. So I was a huge fan of China, and I was a huge fan of Austin Kong, and they changed their names in Oscar and Amber Moon, and just all the Ember Moon and just all these women and for sumo wrestling I'm a huge fan of like Alexandra even though she's from the UK and I'm an American I have all these different things everybody has something that I can borrow and do with their skill sets but <laughs> I'm sorry I know that was a bit of a sidetrack but back to sumo my bad yeah I don't want to get too much in the, in the pro wrestling because I could tell a lot of stories I used to cover it I knew a <laughs> lot of people in it and I could talk about how disgusting the whole thing the whole atmosphere is which mm-hmm. is different from from acting and all of that and they still try and work you even though you know it's scripted and all this stuff and they just still try and treat everybody like marks like idiots everybody's mm-hmm. a mark even if you know it's scripted you're still a mark so i i got out of that and uh some of the people that i knew from back in the day have passed on or left it and got involved in other things so I don't I don't I haven't watched it in years but the the point is that if you have a sport like sumo you don't have the the faces and heels and all that stuff and people mm-hmm. may root for somebody but it promotes the honor and one advantage is still being tied to Japan is that at least on the on the surface it promotes the honor and the respect. Yes. So I think that's something that's important to keep, and I think will be kept as sumo as sumo grows and develops. I don't think it's going to end up, you know, like what happened to MMA, which uh, particularly since the, when the Fertitas bought it in 2001, they modeled it after the the, the fake pro wrestling. Well, again, mm. with real fights but with the same type of culture and stupidity and all that stuff. I remember that the uh, the bad boy camp versus all the other people. There was a yeah, there was a lot going on in those houses. They uh they hired them all like they grabbed them and put them all in a mansion, right? And got them totally drunk and whenever they would do something stupid would make it a stupid sport. And then when the people like Mikey Barnett, Barnett got injured, you know, they would just blame it on him, even though he did it in uh, playing the role on the show. And it would just mm-hmm. promote all the, the negative things with uh, the so-called reality show, which is not reality, which is just, you know, an, another form of improv acting. Mm. I mean, j- j- a lot of jazz, jazz is music, and a lot of it is improvisation. So it's sort of the nature of jazz. It'll start off with a, a melody and some chords, and then there's a lot of improvisation. That's what a lot of these 
so-called reality shows are. It's just another form of acting, but it's more improvised. It's still acting. I'm not going to lie. I like that you like jazz. That's nice. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get, I've been, you're not on Twitter. I've just been posting a lot of uh, versions of what, what have you been doing on New Year? What are you doing on New Year's Eve? What kinds of different versions of that song? Oh, my goodness. What am, uh, so I am actually need to like I need to get more into the techie things if you notice I don't post much I try and do that whole bring awareness as a veteran to like the sport that I'm interested in I've stopped posting some of my lifting videos just because that brings a whole other uh element but I'll get back to that <laughs> later when yeah that's very strange people request things in your inbox when they see that you can deadlift over 500 pounds they they want to they want so much <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just keep a good head on my shoulders and a happy heart. That's all I can do. If you want but, me to show you Twitter, I could do that at another time. I think the yes. Sumo people are a lot on Facebook and Instagram, but I think a lot of the sports discussion, among other topics, takes place on Twitter. Um, and, and Facebook is just so odious to me with all the things that gone on the recent redesign i don't like and anyway i'm just thinking that twitter has all sorts of crazy stuff going on too but it just seems easier to to control but we could do we could do that another time if you want me to that's outstanding i've got now i've got someone that can help me with twitter and i'm also going to be learning about twitch look at me i'm advancing (laughs) yeah i'm not on i'm not on twitch because of trying to do too many things at at once and I'm not a gamer so I haven't gone on that but eventually I'll be on all these things yes you know learning about zoom also and these things like that that has become essential for classes I'm just yeah my degree is in criminal justice and I am going for my second degree here tell us tell us about that as we start to to wrap it up aside from beating everybody in sumo oh goodness (laughs) what's what just give us a little background what you've been doing also uh so during this pandemic i have been i've been very blessed Uh, my stream of income has not been affected the people that would normally work for me are also still employed and i'm getting paid so that's good I've helped those that I can. I've donated to our local food banks. I kind of organized a thing to like check in with my neighborhood to make sure that other houses, other families on the block are taken care of. And that's kind of a little thing. And then other veterans have kind of jumped in to help me with that. Um, But I am heavily invested in being number one in my sport, being on that podium, going to worlds, winning worlds, doing all this. Like These are the things I train for. So I'm literally budgeting and spending over two grand a month for my personal upkeep as an athlete with training and freaking physical therapy and just all the things that you could possibly do to give like just just make sure that you're a good athlete with the right you know things that you need that's what i'm doing because my nation doesn't um put people in a facility not yet anyway well, that's mm. that's something a lot of people want to happen, that uh, this develop is a sport that 
can get sponsorships, get the TV and streaming coverage, and get the media coverage, more, not just as a, a novelty. Um, <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, let's see. Oh, goodness. Some so of that's the, something. The coverage is just, I just got a comment on this. Uh, it was about a year or two ago when uh, Trump was in uh, Japan and he went to one of the bash shows and he mm -hmm. presented a trophy at them and he was with the then uh, Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe and so they did a thing uh, they did a segment on CNN about it mm -hmm. and they brought on uh, Ed Suchevsky and Helen and I always have trouble pronouncing her name from uh, how do you pronounce it? Del Popolo, is that right? I believe that's I, I correct. I hope that's right also from U.S. Sumo Federation who are both like... <laughs> compete here, both competing, and they started asking them to talk about this, and then this is on CNN, not on some supposed clown channel, and they show a, a clip of WWE, and they ask him if sumo was like WWE. It just oh, definitely the most not. Insipid, stupid, and they're like sort of sheepishly grinning because it was an absolutely stupid question to ask about WWE when you're going from discussion of one of the bachos in Japan and US Sumo Federation events in the US why do you bring why do you bring an act up it was just very insulting and I, and I just that's the kind of coverage that you get from a lot of the media so hopefully there could be some real coverage in in with the World Sumo Challenge and World mm -hmm. Sumo League around then, there was real coverage in the media, like Sports Illustrated, and at least the, the people that did that do something about publicity. So if you know, I don't know if you know New York, but they had the, the wrestlers staying and training at the Hotel Pennsylvania, which is right across the street, right across 7th Avenue from the Garden. And so they did this photo shoot where... The wrestlers walked across a crosswalk, across Seventh Avenue from Seventh uh, Avenue to the Garden, and they did a photo of them in their Mawashis in Midtown Manhattan, but walking sort of like the Abbey Road cover from the Beatles album of them walking there, and they sort of uh, did that, and that picture got that publicity picture got picked up all over the place. I mean, that was a very smart move that they they did at the time um so at least that was respectful coverage and there was a, mm. sort of a picture of Manny Yarborough sort of squaring off against like a little kid you know maybe yes. six nine six hundred and something pounds in, in a mawashi so there were certain things that were done at the time that even if they were done a little bit tongue-in-cheek they were done in a in a tasteful respectful way and that's what sumo needs Yes. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That kid's probably going to be able to remember that for the rest of their life. Because I've seen that picture before I knew who Manny was. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the that's him. That's the guy. Ah, oh, that's the motivational picture. Yes, like hang in there. Keep trying. Um, so that was really, that's something I like. And I'm also seeing that, because speaking of Yarbrough, I'm seeing every tournament I've ever been to, they have that happen where they allow, you know, young people from the audience to come in and face off against one of the athletes. 
And that is always like seeing those kids like be fearless or see them overcome their hesitation or stage fright and like just charge at the person with reckless abandon is encouraging because you want that in children. You want them to be fearless. You want them to like attack life's problems head on. And that's kind of fun. Then you actually see them like really like this. uh, What is this moment? Uh, a tenacious deed or a a really a test of I guess the person's the child's resiliency where they keep keep going even when the athlete is picking them up and setting them down and picking them up and setting them down or like just throwing them around a little bit and they keep they just keep driving I'm like oh you're gonna be a successful athlete as long as you keep that mentality of never giving up nice and, and it's fun, and the kids love it. And mm-hmm. again, another attraction of sumo that you won't find in other sports. You don't see too many other sports doing something like that. No, I, I definitely, I mean, so baseball has its history of like kind of bringing in the young crowd. And that was a respectful sport for me. I know there was a lot of people that were heckling and all that jazz. But there's a history there for me as an African-American woman of how much baseball means and how much boxing means and like the culture that came from those versus then when you grow up and you kind of see some of the stuff that happened with those cultures you're like oh but with sumo I hope that doesn't isn't the case I want to see it keep growing I want to see it keep feeling positivity I want it to be something that I I want more people to experience the joys of the sport I want them to understand what the soul maybe experience what soul combat is like and i want them to find that sense of peace that i get when i'm in the ring and you know i want to win i want to win i'm training like i get up at five well i get up before 5 a.m but i'm working out by 5 a.m i am coming home you know immediately eating after showering sometimes eating in the shower uh Literally, this is like I I live, eat, and breathe being a sumo wrestler. It's waking up, then forcing myself to go to sleep after eating and showering, then getting up and studying and trying to get my second degree. Because yes, I I'm still doing that. I have my GI Bill. I got to use all that. But and then coming back from those courses, going again to try and work out, making sure I'm eat drinking like two gallons of water, and I'm working out to become stronger. So I have a specific diet that I have to eat and then going to like physical therapy and massage therapy and just doing all of these things and the massage therapy I can't really like do there's a woman that will come to your house and she kind of like puts this protective equipment on you and you kind of get like felt through this like kind of barrier it's very interesting but it works and I, I get what I need you know which is the knots and everything out but that is like my day and then it's wake up, rinse, wash, and repeat. I'm essentially dedicating myself the same way I would if this was a a wrestling meet, which is as hard as I can train within these six months, this is what I do. And then another six months of hard training. And then, but because of the pandemic, it's training harder because you don't know. Like, you don't know if you're going to compete or not. Wow. That I I will keep doing that every every couple of days with my scheduled breaks until I have my degree and I am number one. That's what I'm going to keep doing. Where are you studying, or is it online or in person or online? It- I am uh, as, as I said. So 
one of the things about me is as a veteran um, with PTSD, I talk about these things because it's a, a way to talk about post-traumatic growth. And that is, I have to, even though I have agoraphobia and I don't like going outside and it's uncomfortable for me and I have those panic attacks, I wanted my degree. I wanted another degree. And so I enrolled online. And then when, just when I was like, okay, I've built up enough tolerance, I should go to, you know, these other, I should go on campus. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, never mind. I see what you're doing, Lord. I will just wait here. I'll wait here. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'll dedication to sumo, you say. More time to sumo. Got it. So, so what is the other degree in and how, where are you taking it? So I had a lot of thought on this. At first, I thought my other degree was going to be for computer science. And while I love computer science very well, I ended up changing it to business management because I am, I'm rather bossy and I like telling people what to do. And I realized the freedom that working in my own business will actually allow me to still continue doing sumo wrestling. Whereas okay. my computer science degree it would probably lead into QA engineering and I live with a QA engineer. I've seen what he has to do and I'm like, ah, I can do that. That would take too much away from sumo. So okay. no, thank you. It's like, I'm, I'm very committed to sumo. My recommendation would be if you're taking a business program mm -hmm. is to, if they have at least one survey type course in sports management sports management i will definitely yeah. put them there because that's that's something that all these combat sports need so it and it, it obviously could be a you know credits to your degree I, again i don't know if they have it at what level it's at but uh, i would recommend that i am very grateful and very lucky to be in the state of texas where they accept um, like most, if not all, of my military credit hours, which is like, yes, thank you. <laughs> because if they didn't, I would have been in trouble, but I'm good. So, yeah, I will definitely put that in and talk to my advisor. It yeah. might be something. It could be very interesting. As, as we start to wrap it up, and um, if people want to follow you, you are active on social media. I am definitely easy to reach me as Instagram. I will always check Instagram first. Um, even on bad days, I will check Instagram. <laughs> okay. And anything else you just want to say before we wrap this up? Hey, so uh, maybe a little unorthodox, but hey, listen, guys, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. I hope you're going to tell your friends about sumo wrestling. If you've got sisters or aunties that you want to push around, get them to Austin, Texas, March 6th, or before that, so they can get a little bit of a foundation in the sumo wrestling. I really, I just I want to see this whole thing grow. Um, in spite of being in this pandemic, you're doing your best. Whether anybody else sees it doesn't matter. So, good luck, everybody. I love you. Thank you so much. And I know we're going to be talking again. And uh, like I said, everybody, stay safe in the pandemic. This stuff is not its not beaten yet. It hopefully will be soon. But not. it's still, the virus is still spreading. And uh, also, Happy New Year. Have a good time. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year to you as well. Alrighty, thank you. No Holds Barred is brought to you by 
LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her, or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios. Original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com. That's E-T-S-Y.com slash shop slash Adolfina Studios. That's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content on the combat sports and martial arts for only $10 a month. That's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.